One of the difficulties Christians have with the book of Genesis is that it's presented to us in the form of narrative, in a story. Now, what do we do with this? What are we supposed to get out of these stories that often seem so confusing? Is there a way to find meaning or even principles that we can apply to our own lives? Now, the answer, of course, is yes, there are principles at hand. But in order to discover them, we have to become very familiar with the biblical text. The more familiar we become with these stories, the easier it is to see the patterns that emerge. And so today, we look at one of these patterns. It's a thread that runs through the book of Genesis, and it ties the beginning and the end of the book together in a profound way. The thread is about brothers. In Psalm 133, the psalmist declares how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. This is one of the messages of Genesis. What does it take for brothers to live in unity? So Genesis as a story of brothers. So the book begins with Cain and Abel. Then we have Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Of course, we have Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, and finally Joseph and his brothers. Now, might there be any signs that point us to this being an important thread? Is there anything within the biblical text that would help to highlight this theme? And the answer again is yes. If we look at Genesis 4, that's the Cain and Abel story, in a very short 11 verses, we find something interesting. We find the Hebrew word for brother repeated seven times. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, you know that seven is a special number, particularly when this word brother is clustered together as it is. It's almost like it's repeated too often. Like, why does the author keep including the word brother? It's redundant. I get it, you might say. I get that they're brothers. But this repetition, of course, this is a literary technique. It's used to highlight the importance of their brotherly relationship. Now, what if we go to the end of Genesis? What do we find? Well, we find the story of Joseph and his brothers. It starts in Genesis chapter 37. And what do we see here again? It's the repetition of the word for brothers. In fact, this time we find it 21 times, 7 times 3. So we begin the book with Cain and Abel, and we end with Joseph and his brothers, with the author using repetition to highlight the importance of their brotherly relationship. Now, what would happen then if we follow this pattern of brothers from beginning to end? Well, one thing we can look at is, how do each of these stories of brothers end? What's being manifested into the world through their relationship? Well, we start with Cain and Abel. We know how that ended. It ended in murder. Then Shem, Ham, and Japheth. How did it end? With one brother, Ham. He's cursed, and he's to be a slave to his own brothers. Then we have Isaac and Ishmael, a strained relationship. The last we see of them, they're together at Abraham's funeral, but there's no talking. The text mentions no relationship between them. Then we have Jacob and Esau. Again, a strained relationship, no doubt, but in the end, they embrace. They're back in relationship, albeit at a distance. And then finally, we have Joseph and his brothers. Obviously a strained relationship, but what do we find at the end of this story? Forgiveness. So we've moved from murder to slavery, from slavery to embrace, and then finally to forgiveness 
and ultimately reconciliation. And this is so important because it's the first point in the Bible that forgiveness shows up. This is the essence of forgiveness. And if you remember, back in Genesis 4, Cain asks a question, Am I my brother's keeper? And in a sense, Joseph is answering that question. Yes, yes, you have a responsibility for your relationship with your brother, with your fellow man. Even if you happen to be in power and revenge would seem to be the thing to do, we have responsibilities towards one another. Even if you've been betrayed in the deepest way, our responsibility, the text tells us, is forgiveness. So we have a message, a strong message of brotherly relationship and the power of forgiveness. A message so powerful, in fact, that we can see that as Genesis ends, Genesis 50, we have a dysfunctional family of brothers. But when we turn the page, just one page to the opening of the book of Exodus, what do we find? That dysfunctional family has become a nation. What was the difference? What was the only thing introduced? Forgiveness. If a brotherhood of people is to be a nation, they must be able to forgive one another. This is one of the primary messages of the book of Genesis. And oh, by the way, this message of forgiveness is central to Jesus' ministry. Not just that we need forgiveness from God, but that we would forgive our fellow man. Forgive your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Forgive so that we may be forgiven. All the way up to and including the cross, Jesus is demonstrating the radical power of forgiveness. As those Roman soldiers, they betray Jesus' humanity. They're unjustly nailing him to a cross. Jesus responds, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, which one of us would have the strength of character and the faith in the power of God to do the same? So the book of Genesis a story of brothers from beginning to end. What does it take for brothers to live in unity? The practice of forgiveness. <laughs> 